Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And today we have a special episode for you. Friends, this week we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of going into lockdown for coronavirus. And what I want you to hear is how proud you should be of yourselves, of honoring yourselves this week, loving yourselves more. Friends, when we cycle through energetic streams, you might think to yourself, well, I mean, coming up on the one-year anniversary, what does that even impact? What does that mean? Energetically, you're coming into this point of right? We're not in shock anymore like we were before. We've come through it and we've come to this point where we're starting to process all that we've just been through. So as you go through this week and everybody's talking about this, what I want you to see is how much you personally have grown over the last year. You are a completely, completely different person right here, right now than you were one year ago. And friends, you are going to be a completely different person from the one that you are today one year from now. Friends, instead of allowing the energy of this week to weigh you down, What I want you to do is really spend some time reflecting this week on what you got right and where you can honor yourself that I just went through a whole heck of a lot. And friends, look at all that you did for yourself, for your family, for your community, and be proud of who you are and how you helped in different ways. The episode that you're going to hear today is with a woman named Margaret who lost her husband very unexpectedly to coronavirus this year. And I've worked with her family. I've worked with her. She just has a very unique perspective, a very beautiful perspective. And I needed you to hear her resilience. And as you listen to her story, I hope that you just pause whenever it feels right to you and say a little prayer to God to take care of all of the families, all of the spouses, all of the parents who have lost someone this year and really send energy, healing energy from your heart chakra out to everyone in the world. Because when you do that, friends, abundance comes back to you multifold. And what I need you to know, like you know, like you know within yourself, is that when you give of your energy through your heart chakra, it's not as if that energy is coming from your body. What's actually happening is when you radiate love, when you radiate you know, sending people peace and bliss and and joy and asking for their lives to be taken care of, for them to be taken care of. You're not 
sending that from your own energy or your own life in a way where you're depleting yourself. It's coming from God. It's coming from a limitless, infinite source. It's just that you have free will. So when you choose to access God energy and allow God energy to flow through you to others, it helps others and it also comes back to you multifold. So I wanted you to hear that. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Be gentle with yourself this week. Be kind to yourself this week and others and just see how much love, hope, peace you can spread. I love you, friends. Here is the episode. So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we are here with Margaret. Margaret and I have been working together the last few months. Margaret has gone through an experience in her life where her mom passed away first and her husband passed away afterwards of COVID. And I really am wanting her to come on the show today to talk to you because she has beautiful angel stories intertwined within this bigger story of hers. But Margaret's story is a story of healing and of learning to tap into those signs from the other side. Margaret, thank you for being here and just being willing to be on the show. Thank you for having me and the opportunity. I'm just thrilled. (laughs) So talk to me first about your mom's journey in crossing over and transitioning to the other side. Yeah. So my mom in 2019, she developed an ulcer on her uh, foot and it got worse and uh, got to the point where she couldn't walk and she was basically bedridden. And so during this, her last summer with us, we got to visit with her from, you know, like often. And, and it, it's funny because I heard a, a podcast recently that you had uh, spoken to someone about someone close to dying and how they have this clarity. And my mom was a classic of that. I've never experienced that before. However, with hers, it was she just had knowing and and just like she would she would sit in her chair and she would nod off, but she'd be mumbling under her breath. And it was like she was having a full on conversation with somebody. You could tell that she was not with us. She was basically talking. I believe that she was talking to someone on the other side. How and far was that before she passed? I want to say the month of the end of July, month of August, and she passed beginning of September. So 
six to eight weeks prior to her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so she, at times it was funny, my daughter and I were sitting and she had, she was hard of hearing and she didn't have her hearing aids in and she was sitting quite a distance away from us in, in, in a small room, but most of the time you'd have to speak up. Well, my daughter and I were speaking quietly about a position that my daughter was going to take and it was French. And so all of a sudden my mom, we thought she was sleeping, but all of a sudden she pipes up and said, come see, come saw. (laughs) Just So it's like, you know, she was listening, but she normally would not have heard us. The other thing that she would do is she would often mention that she was seeing people. And she, although she was facing her window, the door was behind her. And she would say, who's that at the door? And we'd say, well, there's no one there, mom. And she, yeah, there is. And it's two people. And we said, well, do you know them? And she said, no. And, uh, and, and she said, but they've been here before. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then another time she was sit, we were with her in her room and she, my mom had, had asked, who's that sitting, who's that sitting on my bed? And my daughter and I, like we said, well, there's nobody there. And she said, yeah, there's, she's beautiful. She comes from the church and uh, she helps people cross over. And, and this is not my mom speaking. Like she's very faithful, but like she would not speak in that term, those terms. And so then we said to her, do you like, you know, you know, it's okay to go when you're ready. And she says, Oh, no, 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 you don't go. And, and then I think the reason why is because of her faith, she wasn't ready. And it's something you don't give your life up. Right. And so that's my intuition on that one. Yeah. So, yeah. And then she was doing that most of the summer and it was, it was such a a beautiful experience for all of us. And my husband was there most of the time, like it was almost a couple hour drive back, like almost three and a half hours to go both ways, but we would do it in a day and we would do it, you know, because we, we knew she needed us around her. And then she was admitted to hospice a a week prior to her passing. And she, the night that she had arrived, I had asked her, she was looking up and she was like, like glorified, like you could tell there was something going on. And I'd asked her, I said, what are you seeing? And she, and I said, are you seeing people? And she said, millions of them. And, and I, and I said, and, and is, you know, is, is Jesus there? And she nods and she's like, just smiling. Like she's just in her glory. And, and, and it was just so beautiful. She was in hospice for about eight, eight, eight days, I guess, prior to, to passing. And although in the night she would call out because we stayed with her, my daughter and I, and in the night she would call out, she, one night she was calling out Jesus. And then I said, is Jesus with you? And she said, she nodded. And then, and I said, and and then she, under her breath, she said, Mary and Joseph. And I then I repeated that. And she said, she nodded. Yes, that they were with her. And then just before she went into a, a coma, she and I were sitting in the room and, and, and I knew that she was failing. And I said to her, I said, mom, I said, and I could tell she was in pain. And I said, mom, in my mind, because I, I, I thought, okay, I'm just going to speak to her in my mind. And so I said to her, I said, in my mind, I said, uh, let's pray the Hail Mary together. And I said, let me know that you hear me and nod. And she did. And this was with, without me verbalizing it. And so then I was saying the Hail Mary in my mind and I could tell that she was following with me. She was mumbling. Like you could tell that her lips were moving. And then she, um, at the end, I, I, I told her, I said, 
I said, from now on, mom, this is the way we have to speak. And she, again, you could tell that she nodded like just faintly, but I could tell the affirmation was there for me. And that was kind of the last time that I really spoke to her until she was in a coma. And then a few days later, she passed away. So it was, it was beautiful. It's wild too, how spirit piggybacks certain things on certain days, because every client session that I've had today, you know, and this isn't a session, we're just talking for the podcast, but it's all been um, women who have recently lost their moms. And one of the women, her mom came through so clear and showed me something that I had never seen before because her daughter asked in the session, because I I get to the end of a session and normally like the last five or 10 minutes, I'll ask, okay, is there anything that, you know, you wanted to know, but we didn't get to today. And 99% of the time people say, nope, you answered everything. But she said, I want to know if my mom had fear. Did my mom have fear at the end? And she said, she wasn't, it wasn't that she had fear. It was that she didn't know how to release being here and letting go of her role of being a mom. And what this mom came through and said, and here's the other thing that spirit does in my sessions, they will take like a card from my memory, almost like remember when our parents or our grandparents would bring out the projector and they had those little slides and they'd put it up on the big, yeah. Okay. Just like that. So what they do is they pull this slide, a memory from my, my head, and they'll pass it across the table to this person. They do this all the time. So what they did was they pulled this memory actually of a podcast interview that I did very early on in the podcast with a woman who said that she remembered being on the other side as a soul. She was tapped and she was asked, will you go and help on earth? And she said, yes, but do I get to come back home? And they said, yes. And she said, Julie, immediately after that, it was like they snapped their fingers. She was in the birth canal. She came out at that moment and she remembers being born. And the mother today in the session was showing me and handing me this code, but she was flipping it. And she said, I had this in departure. She said, I saw, because this woman said, my mom was sedated at the end and and I don't know what happened. So mom said, here I was, I saw everybody who was welcoming me to the other side saying, come on. And she said, I looked at them and said, yes, but can I still connect with my daughter? Can I still be a mom from the other side? And they said, yes. And she said in that moment, it was like snap. She was on the other side and she was able to peacefully like go, not feeling like she had to be here. And her, her daughter had like tears as I was telling her this. And she said, Julie, at that exact moment that you're describing, I was telling my mom, I'll be okay because her dad was also on the other side. So, so that's, that's interesting because your mom just wanted to share that story too. And she said that that's kind of how her passing was. It was just very, very peace filled. Oh, that's 
good because yeah, she was placed in a palliative sedation and because of her pain. And so we, we really lost contact with her after that. And, and, and it was sad, but it was, we knew that this was the best thing for her, you know, but, but we were still able to be there for her last breath. Yeah. And yeah. the morning, the morning of her passing, we went for a drive and my daughter and I wanted to see the sunrise. And so when we went to see the sunrise, there was this cloud and it was in the shape of an angel. And it just rapidly went across the horizon in the lit sky, like the sun hadn't yet erupted, but it was still bright. And it was just this flitting cloud that passed. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. And then when when we went back to hospice, we were telling somebody else about this. And and the woman said she showed us a picture of an angel cloud. And then she gave us a poem that said, when somebody dies, a cloud turns into an angel and flies up to God. And then it goes on. But I know, I know. Oh, somebody's got to post that up on the Facebook group. That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? I know. It was such, I mean, there were so many, and and there was other things in the poem, but, and then God sends down the rain in, in like, in, in, and it was like, and when, when her body left, when, when her body was moved out of hospice, we were, we were singing and, and it poured outside. It just, it just a huge downpour came. It was like, okay get we get the message. <laughs> wow. I love and, that. Yeah, I know and it was like this poem. It was it was so incredible. Yeah, it was beautiful. Well, I love that she gave you that visual too when you asked like, "Mom, are there people there?" and she said, "Yes, millions of them." The look on her face and just the way she said it, like she just said millions of them. Like it was just the the, the emphasis on millions and you could tell yeah. she was just in glo- in her glory. Like it was like it was heaven she yeah. was yeah, she was uh, there's no question in my mind the vision that I get sometimes too like exactly what you're saying just like that millions because one of the signs and symbols that they'll show me when I'm working with somebody is like w- like you as a teacher as I'm looking at you over your right shoulder I can see orbs of all the souls that you're here to help. And that's like literally what comes out to people sometimes because I'll say, do you know that there's millions of orbs over your shoulder that those are all the orbs of people, souls that you are here to help in this lifetime? I truly believe too that she did connect with Joseph, Jesus, and Mary. They come in, Buddha comes in, different religious masters from around the world will come in in session. The other thing that you said, I thought was, was so on point when she said there's people at the door. Yes, there's two of them. Here's how I describe this to people. Sometimes when you're sensing and feeling energy and your husband says that you can feel this with him. When I talk to you about like getting into that high vibration and really in that you might start to feel above your head, this light tingly energy, but then as you develop it, it's like all is one, right? From the inside out, you're just this expansive oneness with all that is. And yet when somebody has got a presence from the other side in your energy field and you're feeling this, it feels like somebody's standing right next to you or sitting right next to you, but you look around and there's nobody there. You feel them. It's a, it's, it's a comfort. Yeah. 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 
And and I know like John was a skeptic and I think you, you knew that and of him and he, he, he has since said he, he was not or is not now, but he listened, like he was with me the whole time. And I think that over time he, he, you know, he would listen and he would, you know, take it all in. There was a particular time after my mom had passed and we were, we went for a walk on a beautiful fall day and it was the, the trees were, it was a gorgeous, like, you know, the trees were in full bloom and we're down this path. And all of a sudden there's this older couple that came walking towards us. And this one woman, she was white haired like my mom and she was walking with needed assistance from the person beside her, whether I'm not sure, anyway, an older gentleman. And, and right away I thought that's mom. And so she approached us, they approached us. And as they were approaching us, we were both like on the same side. So we were meeting at the same side. She grabbed me by like, first I said, beautiful day. She grabbed me by the arm and she, she looked me in the eye and it was like, it was so un like mechanical almost. And she said to me, nice day, nice day. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and she didn't want to let me go as we're walking, like we're turning and I'm turning with her and she didn't want to let me go. And then she did. And I immediately said to my, I said to John, I said, that was mom. And I, yeah. I just, I felt it. And I knew that that was my mom. So yeah. it was like, yeah. Talk to me about John and talk to me about John's passing. Yeah. So, yeah. So mom showed me her faith. And so with, with John, my faith was tested. And so March, we got the news that we were all like, we were, the COVID was coming. And so shortly after that, like not even a week and we all got sick and John had it the worst. And so he had a raging fever up to 105. He, he had everything you could imagine, although he was eating and drinking well, like during the whole time, like not his normal self, but then as the time went on, he was, you know, his appetite was decreasing. So anyway, then he went to the hospital and they found he had pneumonia, but they sent him home. And then four days later, his breathing was very poor. And so we called an ambulance and he was taken away. And, and I think people need to realize that in these times, they're taken away, and they go alone. And so it was hard that he went on his own. And so I waited to, for him to call and he called and, uh, and actually he, he didn't speak to us. The nurse spoke to us and said, I want, like he said, I'm on high flow oxygen. And, and then the, the nurse came on and said, he's going to be put on a ventilator. And this was in a half an hour of him getting into the hospital. So I, I just had time enough to get my daughter and we said, our lo- I love you's on the phone. And then he was placed on the ventilator and it was only supposed to be for a few days, but his condition just continued to get worse. Within about less than a week, he had ARDS and uh, his lungs were completely coated. And so he developed still fevers and all of that during the whole time in the hospital. He was in there for about 35 days. We were given compassionate visits, we got two. And I knew he wasn't like he was in a coma, of course. And, and uh, you know, you can't speak. And although I know that the first visit we had with him, I felt that he could, he was trying because his medication for, by accident, I had stepped on his medication cord. And so it actually, as soon as you do that, it stops the, the sedation. And so I think he was then able to communicate a little bit and he was trying, his eyebrows were moving and he was trying, he was opening his eyes and 
And, and I knew I, like, we were like, oh my gosh, like he was, you know, he was trying to wake. And, uh, and I think that he was trying, you know, to tell us goodbye or that he was there. Mm-hmm. And so the day of we, uh, we then knew that it was the time we had to, I had to choose the time. And, and I think I, I, that was the story that he came to me in a dream and, and I knew that it was his time. Tell everybody that story, though. Tell everybody that dream and how he came through to you. Yeah. So I woke up the morning that we were going to uh, have to reduce the the oxygen and let him go. And in the dream, we were in our room and we shared a loving kiss between us. And and I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, he said, I think I'm going to be okay. And I said, yeah, I think you're going to be okay, too. And then he just started coughing violently. And I I just said to him, I said, no, hon, you have to go. And then I woke up and I knew that in my dream that I felt that he was asking for permission or, or just clarity on it. And, and I felt that that was a predictor of what was to come if he was to stay. Yeah. You know, like the doctors were saying that he would not have survived this. And so it was either that or he was going to die on his own. So, so yeah, so I, I felt it was, yeah, it was meant to be that. Well, I thought it was a powerful point in the story too, where I forget if it was your brother or his brother who said, yes. Yeah. Um, He, he's such a lovely person. And I had asked him about choosing a day and, uh, and I said, I can't choose a day. And he said, well, if I were you, I would choose the day, but it's not you choosing the day. He said, it's leaving it up to God and John. And, and and he said, because if something is going to happen, a miracle will happen and it will happen. But just make sure that knowing that you, you have to, you have to do that and then it's you let go. And 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 I think that that's a powerful like I know in my life I've done that times before, but that was a big one. That was a big one to to make that decision. But we may I, I made it with my family. It wasn't just me. We all came on, you know, had to be on the same page. Because you guys have three, three children, I correct? have three and then uh, a daughter who was mine before our marriage that I gave up for adoption. And she, he, he and I, she's, she's one of us too. Friends, one of the questions that I get most from you is, Julie, how do I know that this is my intuition? Julie, how do I know that this is really my angels communicating with me? Julie, how do I know if this is really a sign? Friends, the entire month of April, we are diving into a lesson within the Angel Membership. It's an entire course on trusting your intuition. Now, friends, if you're like, but Julie, this feels frustrating to me. I should just be able to trust more, right? Wrong. Friends, you have been taught since you were a very small person not to trust your intuition. We have been socialized to think that one brain type is better than the other. And for those of us who are deeply empathic, and if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely are. We were taught otherwise. We were taught to eat everything on our plate or else we weren't going to get dessert. We were told not to cry. You know, we were told all of these things as children. And what it actually did 
was wire us in a way where we weren't trusting of ourselves. We weren't trusting our intuition. And that has carried over from childhood into adulthood for most people. So going through this course is undoing the programming within your mind, undoing these past notions of, you know, just tough it out. You have to learn how to trust yourself. And there is an entire course for you on this that I have channeled from Spirit. So if you'd like to be a part of this, look in the show notes below. All April, we are diving into trusting your intuition. And I'm so, so excited for you to really grasp onto this yummy material because once you have this, it really solidifies that foundation within you. And you know, like you know, like you know, when spirit's working with you, how they're working with you, you trust it, you believe in it. And friends, that's the energy that you have to have because it keeps your energetic auric field open. And all of the new yummy experiences that spirit is trying to bring your way coming through, right? Because the opposite of trusting your intuition is not trusting it. And that's where you block yourself. So come on over to the angel membership. We will help you to trust yourself, to trust your intuition. So talk to me about John's passing and he, even though he was a skeptic, he was showing you signs right away. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like even before he passed away, he was still in his coma. And this was the Sunday before this one. I didn't tell you on my phone, you get your most recent messages. And uh, early on when he first arrived at the hospital and was in the sedation on the ventilator, I was sending him messages. And the last message I sent him was that I love you. And so then all of a sudden on the Sunday before his passing, my phone popped up with the most recent messages. And that was the one message that was on my phone that came from him, which was weird. Like it wasn't weird because we had mixed up our phones. And so I had his phone. And so it came, but it actually, it popped up as yesterday, the day before, which it was like, like weeks ago that I had sent it or it had been sent and it popped up and it said, I love you. And it came from him. So I know that that was him. Like, and then I, I closed, I opened it, closed it and went back to the date that it was sent. Like it was, it was just, it's, it's weird, but not weird. And then, and then the other one was looking for songs for his funeral. And we found, I found a song called To Everything Turn, Turn, Turn by the birds. And I was listening to it on a Spotify account. And then all of a sudden I looked for the lyrics and on the lyrics, it was to a completely different song, which is wherever you go, I'll go. And so I think it like, it starts off with, so lately been wondering who will be there to take my place when I'm gone, you'll need love to light up your, light the shadows on your face. And then it goes on, I will go wherever you go, way up high or down low, I'll go wherever you go. And I know now just quite how my life will, my life and love might still go on in your heart, in your mind. I'll stay with you for all of time. And it goes on. It's just, it was, I was, I was stunned. Like, I'm like, okay, the song is playing, but the lyrics to this song are popping up. Like it's a personal message from him to me. 
And, uh, and this stayed on and it was I, I, I went in and out of that account on his phone, and it would continue to do that. But I went on to another phone, same account, but it wasn't the same. The lyrics were fine. And then it stayed on the phone for about three, three till the till his funeral, the day of his funeral, and then it went away. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's so fascinating. Cause didn't you guys look at it on uh it was something like you guys brought it up on a different car too? And it um... oh this one was when so this was a few, this was a month or so later, and I was driving in my car and I was listening to the radio and I was switching the station and uh, and I and songs were playing and I'm like, oh, you know, the beautiful songs reminded me of John. And, and I'm like, oh, these are lovely songs. And what else have you got for me, John? So I switched the channel and the channel call letters were 101.1 John on my car radio. I know I was. And so so I pulled over because I thought, am I seeing this correctly? So I, I couldn't believe it. So I pulled over and I had to take a picture of it because I'm like, I, I need this for posterity reasons. Like this is this is unusual. So I got home and it was still on and, and it wasn't like it had nothing to do with the, the 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 radio station, the song that was playing, the the announcers, like nothing. And the weird thing is that it stayed on my car radio for a week. And yet I would go into his car. And it was normal, like it was the radio station call letters, but just on mine, it was 101.1 John. Like, okay, thanks, son. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. He, yeah. And he, yeah, like he, like we've had, I've had many dreams with him. And the beautiful thing about the dreams is that I know that he, he's trying to reach me. And and then in the one dream, though, I noticed that he was standing in front of me and he looked upset. And so then we just looked at each other and we kissed. And then and then I saw that he wasn't happy. And so I thought maybe he wasn't happy on the other side. And then I thought he's holding back. And and, and then I said, I miss you. And I could feel that he, and he all he wanted to do was hug me. And I just want to hug him. And then so we just held on to each other tight. And then I woke up and I thought, okay, well, maybe he's not, you know, maybe he's not on the other side or whatever. And I, I, I lamented over that for a little while and I have gotten clarity on it. I think you had mentioned something about him grieving too. And that I'm thinking that that's what that was. Is. Yeah. Is There's that- been a lot of that too this year where people say that spirit doesn't have emotion on the other side or because everything is heavenly, but, mm-hmm. and, and it's complex to talk about, right? Because our higher self is always with them and they're in a space where they're always able to connect with our higher self energy, which is us, that we are always truly all together, but they do feel for the part of us that is here kind yeah. of in this groundhog's day of just waking <laughs> up over and over, <laughs> and over again in the same body and the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt when he was in, in the coma, like the whole time, like I felt, it felt like groundhog's day only not in a good way. And, and I just needed to move forward. I mean, we, we all did. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it was time, it was time, but yeah, there was another, like, like he's come through and like, like, I, I remember thinking in the daytime, I think I, I don't remember the last time I hugged him and, and I was upset about that. So in a dream, I'm hugging him. 
Or I don't remember when I kissed him last in a dream, I'm kissing him. And it's like it, it, he and then, you know, shortly after I had the dream about him not being OK, I had this image when I, I was in between sleep or whatever. And I had this image where he was standing outside. He bent down. He picked up his arms and he lifted his arms and hands out and spread them out and butterflies, hundreds of butterflies just flew out of his arms. And I thought, OK, so I think that that's what you're telling me is you're OK. So, yeah, and he, he, he's been coming to me with hearts and the first hearts that I really noticed were the one day, July 1st, we were, I was together with my daughter outside my, my, the daughter I gave up for adoption and her and she and her family were visiting. We were sitting outside. It was a beautiful fall summer day. So I look up at the sky and there's this puffy cloud. And then all of a sudden a small cloud pops up in the shape of a heart. And I said, do you see that cloud? And my daughter said, yeah, I see that. I said, it's, it's a heart, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a heart. And then I looked down on our deck. And then lo and behold, there's a puddle in the shape of a heart. Mm. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I said, do you see that puddle? And she said, yeah, it's in the shape of a heart. And then my uh, other daughter, she went for a walk that night, came home. She brings a piece of moss that she kicked away in the shape of a heart. Ah. <laughs> So I began to call them my three heart days because that's what they are. He comes in threes with hearts. And so, so yeah, so I've had like, it's, it's been in the shape, like in knots of wood, it's been uh, a leaf in the shape of a heart, like, like decaying leaf on the, on the deck. Like I just happened to see. And one day I was, I said to myself, I said, I've got my two hearts. And by the end of the day, I'm brushing my teeth. And I said to him, I said, I don't think I'm going to get my three hearts today. And lo and behold, I look on the wall and there there's an imperfection in the drywall. And sure enough, it's in the shape of a heart. <laughs> so I got it. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and like, I've had it in like, like I was doing laundry and in stain remover and I was crying or whatever. And, and, and lo and behold, a little drop of the, the stain remover was in the shape of a heart. And then, then I took a picture of it and there was another one with it. And then I was went for a walk with our son one fall day and I was mentioning the hearts and lo and behold, I find a heart, but I take a picture and there's three hearts. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And dragonflies. Love, 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 love. You mentioned the words like moving forward. I don't think that we ever move on. I think that we can find ways to move forward and we can find ways to move through healing. And I'm not sure that everybody's healing journey is the same. I think everybody's healing journey is completely different, but what has your healing journey been like? What has helped you? Like what, how have you been able to put one foot in front of the other? Well, my family really does help. And I have some good friends also. I think it's it's about allowing God and, and just trusting. The right books have been put into my, my hands, the right people, the right songs, the right, you know, all these things have carried me. I, I just can't be more grateful for, yes, like it's, it's been, it's been, you know, some of the hardest things and days that I've had to go through. But early on in when he was ill, I, I, I knew 
that I couldn't continue holding on to the lump in my throat in the pit in your stomach. And so when I let it go, it was God that helped me. I was, I, I knew that, and, and then letting that go was letting go and let God. And, and so that's, I know that I've been carried. It's like the footprints in the sand. It's like, you know, sometimes you're being carried and sometimes you're walking, he's walking, God's walking beside me. And I know that in my heart and, you know, like it, it's not that I want to push God on anybody. It's like, it's, there is something beyond us. I know this, I call it God. Some other people call it something else. And, and that's, you know, that's as it should be, but I recognize it in, in your podcast. I mean, I've been able to, and I said this first time to you, is it, yeah, they helped me go to sleep, but I mean that in a good way. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, I love that. But it'll take me sometimes a week to listen to one podcast because I go back to where I fell asleep. (laughs) And most of the time I get through them. But you know what? I think it just offers me hope. Yeah. It it just gives me that insight. And that's when when you had mentioned on Facebook one day where you were looking for stories and, and I knew that I had to, you know, reach out because I'm not telling people to convince people. I'm just telling them that this is my story. This is our story, my husband's and mine. And is it unique? Yes and no. But I just, uh, you know, if it gives anybody just a little bit of hope, and, and that's that's what I'm after is, is a little bit of hope for people, you know, yeah. I got a question and I feel like your husband's bringing this through. I mean, we've worked together a couple of times and so I feel like I know his energy he keeps talking about something that I've never talked about and shared on the podcast, but he keeps asking you to talk about how it's different, you know, to be, have adult children and to help them through and yet be going through your grief at the same time. And I wonder if you can talk to moms out there who have lost their spouse as well. And how do you manage that to be mom? Because I feel so much that you are so strong in some ways to be there for them. But how do you balance that healing yourself and their healing as well? Well, I think, well, they're, you know, they're, they're in their 20s and 30s. And so well, 20s, yeah, 30s. I mean, so they are older, and they do understand a lot more. I just like I I think it's been more about just showing them that I'm okay and and allowing them to to see me sad as well as allowing me allowing them allowing me like I I show them that I'm sad, but I also show strength as well when I when I need to and 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 try to show, you know, as much independence as I can. I don't want them to worry and they, you know, they're, you know, going through their own journey and and some will talk to me, some of them don't. And, and, and I, and I, they're where they're, they need to be, but I do know, and I believe that they are, they know they can come to me when they need to. My one daughter lives with me. And so we have a stronger connection and we can, you know, bounce things off of each other and talk about, you know, her dad and my husband and, and sometimes we take turns, you know, like, you know, crying and, and, and holding each other up and, and, and just allow that, like allow your kids 
to console you too, because they want to do something. They want to be of service to you as much as you are to them. And I think they need to see and, you know, be a part of that journey. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're so incredible, Margaret. I just, um, you're in my thoughts and prayers every day. And it's, it's been quite the journey. I, I, I can't believe that everything that my husband's been trying to, you know, convey to me and, and, you know, he knocked his urn over the other, uh, a, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, tell me that. Okay. So I'm ready, getting ready for bed and, and I brought his phone upstairs to charge or whatever. And, and I put it by my bedside and I stuck his sharing urn. It's not very big. It's, it's, it's this tiny. And he has a smartwatch that I always have bedside on top of the little urn. And so I put it on top of the phone and I went to go brush my teeth and I heard a noise in my bedroom and I thought, Oh, well, that's weird. And then I laying in bed. And then all of a sudden I look over and I noticed that the urn was knocked over and I thought, Oh, okay. Well, maybe it wasn't stable. So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to set it back up. And, and I just said out loud, if that's you, John, don't wake me up. <laughs> don't do it when I'm asleep. So, so I'm, I'm winding down in bed. And then all of a sudden I hear this thing knock over and I look over, it got knocked over. I'm like, okay, thanks. I, I see you now, John, like that must be you. So this, <laughs> this time I put it, set it, set it, set it up again. And I took a picture of it this time. Cause like, I, I want to be, I want to prove to people that I did set it up stable and like within minutes again, but this time it was with a force and it like, like made a noise and I, okay. I said, you're done. Like I'm taking your toys away. You're done. Like I'm not letting you do this anymore. So it scared me, but it was like, yeah, like I, I, I believe that that was him just trying to get my attention. Oh my gosh. He's hysterical. Even from the other side, he's such a character. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been, it's, I miss him dearly. I do. I, like I said, like I, I have been like one of the books that I've been reading is second first and it's by Christina Rasmussen. And I, I did do her workshop and it, it was amazing. And then the other book that she's written is where did you go? And uh, it's also about, and, and that's what I'm trying to do now is to connect to him. Who is she? Christina Rasmussen. She's the author of, of, of second first. What does she and do? She was a mom who lost her husband early on in her life. She studies neuroscience and, and prior to this, I'm not sure what she did, but her experience, like, I think she was a therapist and I could be wrong and I, and I apologize ahead of time. However, she's well-educated and she was How a mom. Spell her last name. Uh, R-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N. Oh, okay. Yeah, Christina. Yeah, Christina. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna, I always love a new book. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, um, it's been out for a while. The second first, I think she's on her second copy of it. And then uh, Where Did You Go? That one talks about connecting with spirit. And, uh, and that's the journey I want to go on now is try to connect with John on the other side. And yeah, and so it's, you know, like, I'm starting to see things like I'm seeing, like, I I see hearts in my, sometimes like in my head, which is kind of neat. And that's what I'm working on now is trying to, you know, amazing. Yeah. 
Um, Margaret, you are just the most incredible soul. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just being willing to share your story and your healing journey with the audience. Well, like you said, it's a personal experience and you just have to trust and grieving is something that you need to go through. You can't ignore it. You do need to go through it in order to move on. And it goes at your own personal pace and people will travel this journey however long they need to. And just trust that there are, you know, there is help. You just have to be open and trust, trust in the people around you and and what is going to come and and just act on your instinct. Yeah. You know, so thank, but thank you. You've, you've, you are incredible. I I love what you do and uh, the messages that you send out there and, and it comes from your heart and you are such a pure soul that it's, you have a gift that keeps on giving and Thank thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. If anybody's listening that wants to share the angel story, we're always looking for angel stories to share here on this here on the show. I know that some podcasts, you know, do seasons and we don't do seasons. We just go year round, um, which means that we need more content than other podcasts put out. So we love sharing your stories. We love being able to just be a support system for anybody who needs us and your stories. Margaret, I, I don't bite, right? There are a lot of people who are really nervous about coming on the show. And we try and make it really easy where I can ask you questions to just help bring about um, and jog your memory a little bit. But it's just talking about your experience and your healing journey too. I mean, that's really what it's about as well. Yeah. Well, and we all, you know, we all have our own journeys and Mm -hmm. this is the one that I'm on at this moment. And it's, you know, such a beautiful point because we don't all heal the same. We need different people to come on the show and talk about the different pathways of healing because it's wild. People will always say the spirit wanted me to listen to this podcast or this podcast and they'll pull you to the right one. And and you know what? And that, that reminds me of so many times that I would be listening to your podcast and, and I would have left off at a certain point and then I'll start listening again. And, and, And it's a point that is like, oh my gosh, that is a message for me. Even though there's someone else that's speaking about their story, it was, it was, I know that you're right. Like spirit, directs you. And, and, and that's, that's just amazing. You know, the power of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And you you just have to be open and try like, you know, like, you know, like, and I think you've said this many times is like, you know, like don't second guess. Like if that's something that, you know, is telling you, this is a message, it's a message. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it truly is. And, and I don't know how many times that I've been comforted by messages and, and sometimes I remember them and sometimes I fall back to sleep again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to say. (laughs) No, you know what? That's awesome. If my voice puts you to sleep and you can use it for that. Absolutely. Have at it. That's fantastic. I love it. I mean, in a good way. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I know. I know you. I know your heart. You're so you're so beautiful. Um, Margaret, thank you for being here. Thank you. You too.